Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show, presented by The Big Lead. We need to have a national conversation about the term bad beat. As gambling gets more and more prolific, as its market share grows, we are headed toward a world where converting a sports fan is going to be inextricable from converting a lifetime gambler. You've seen the creep of gambling in sports over the last few years, it's moving at an exponential pace. And I don't want to say anything negative about that larger picture, even though I do have some thoughts. No, what I want to focus in on this morning is the phrase bad beat, because I saw it flying around pretty loosely this morning in the wake of the Vikings bears game. Last night, that was the second Monday night football game. That was an absolute terrible watch. We're going to get to whether the NFL is a good product or we're simply addicted to this substance a little bit later on. Vikings win 17 to nine. They were favored at close by seven and a half. The Bears scored a touchdown with no time left. On the clock in the fourth quarter, a meaningless touchdown throw from Justin Fields. Then everybody left. There was no extra point. They do not kick the extra point. They do not allow you to go for two. If the result of that play will have no bearing on the ultimate winner of the game, that's a rule change that's been in place for the league this year. As we found out with overtime, there are... So many people out there on the field who simply don't know the rules of the NFL. Each and every year we hear stories of players being surprised there are ties. There are a lot of people, players included last night, who reacted to the game being over with surprise and confusion. We're not going to kick this. Not so much so as the fans who thought erroneously that they could see their Bears ticket turn into a winner with a meaningless extra point. So the reaction is to say that you took a bad beat. And it really could not be further from the truth. You cannot have a bad beat if the team you pick stinks to high heaven for the entire game and there's some throwaway nonsense at the end. You do not get to have a bad beat when the football team you've backed scores three points over the first 59 minutes and 59 seconds of a football game. You picked the wrong side. This wasn't some screwing. It's your own fault if you didn't know there was no extra point try. It's your own fault for thinking there was hope on that last play, that if, oh, if Justin Fields can throw a touchdown pass, and then we get the extra point. 
Maybe the you know maybe the maybe the Vikings leave and they run that in like uh, like Doug Flutie did for the the Patriots that one time. It'll it will only lose by six, but you know at least we'll have the memories. At least it wasn't a total waste to come down here to the shores of Lake Michigan, find parking, pay an exorbitant price for tickets, beer, all that stuff. Sit in the freezing cold to watch a directionless team get beat up by another team that barely has any direction that is piloted by Kirk cousins to see the golf between Kirk cousins led offense and a Justin Fields led offense under Matt Nagy. Again, we'll get to that. Some real problems there. The term bad beat is problematic because it does too much work and it presents this alternate reality for gamblers that it wasn't their fault. They lost. They almost had that one. I cannot think of a sphere where almost getting it right matters less than gambling. It is, for all its complexity, extremely binary. You either win a bet, you lose a bet, you push a bet. There are no participation trophies, for lack of a better term, for those who almost got a bet correct or almost had the winning side. Yeah, that can make you feel good deep down, like you're not a loser. But if you look at the balance sheet, you're still a loser. All that matters is the end result. And this illusion that anybody who picked the Bears last night, oh, it was kind of a smart play, just kind of got some bad breaks down the end, down the stretch. No, you are bargaining with yourself. And... You're doing yourself a great disservice to not tell yourself the truth, to not confront it head on. You were wrong. You should have picked the Vikings. Should you be betting on NFL football games with the haphazard way testing is going on and the impossibility of knowing who's going to play hour to hour? That's up to you. It's your money. Spend it how you want to do it. But bad beat has to mean something. And it can't just mean any bet that you lost. Because if last night was a bad beat, then they all are. The Bears were awful. They had no business winning. They had no business even flirting with covering. Their fate was sealed before that last meaningless touchdown. It's still sealed this morning. That ticket did not come in. It was your fault. When we allow people to explain away their losses through bad beats, yeah, that's their business, but it's just making things worse. They're never confronting the reality of how hard this game is long-term. And that's another thing. If you're going to win 53 to 54% of your bets over your life, then you are a great gambler and you've made some money and you've done something that so many people could only dream of doing. But the margins are so slim here, okay? There are so many ways to lose. Believe me, I've lost them all. That's why I don't gamble anymore. Any any bet you make that you don't win is by definition bad. And that's a bad beat to you personally. But it doesn't mean anything to the world. It's just you bargaining until you place your next one. Hey, speaking of those bears, yuck. Four and 10, two and five at home. Like I said, the offense was absolutely abysmal last night. Did not get a touchdown until there were 
three zeros on the clock and everybody had made their way back off to Palatine or Arlington Heights or wherever they reside. Hammond love Northwest Indiana. Great place to drive. So scenic, so scenic. At this point, what are we doing with, with Matt Nagy? I, I understand that he has had some bad luck. He's been dealt a poor hand. Mitch Trubisky was not as advertised. It's just that the adjustments have never come. Justin Fields, I love the draft pick. I think that he's got real potential. Nagy's inability or unwillingness to figure out a game plan that works for him, this supposed offensive genius, eventually the proof has to come out in the pudding. Otherwise, you're just eating big trays of flavorless, heavy gloop. And that's how Bears fans should feel this morning. Like they ate a big tray of flavorless, heavy gloop. And, you know, with Christmas coming, there's another week to do that into the New Year's. New diet always starts January 1st. Every month, not January 1st, January 2nd. You know, you're going to want to have some snacks where you're watching all those college football bowl games. I was one of these people that thought that Matt Nagy deserved another year that we could see what he could do with Justin Fields in this rookie campaign. He's mismanaged that from the get-go, being reticent to put him in, not wanting to expose him to the moment, playing lesser retreads that are going nowhere and are going to bring the Bears nowhere. How many chances does this guy get? Because you go through his coaching resume with the Bears and it is entirely unimpressive. You look at Nagy's record in his first year, he goes 12 and four. They lose to the Eagles in the playoff on that double doink game, bad break. Then two straight eight and eight years makes the playoff loses the Nickelodeon game. The indignity of losing the Nickelodeon game kids were watching, but I mean, that was really kind of like the telltale sign that that was it for Trubisky things needed to happen. They needed to move on. They take fields. It's four and 10 this year. And I just kind of want to compare and contrast what's going on with the bears right now with what's going on with the teams in that division, which look, there is obviously the Packers at the top and they have had the unbelievable luck of having two hall of fame quarterbacks back to back spanning 30 years, Aaron Rodgers right now, they look like the best team in the NFL. Dan Orlovsky said yesterday that they are the Super Bowl favorites, and I'm inclined to believe him, especially if the road goes through Lambeau. Rodgers is playing as good as he ever has. They have always had that continuity, and it started at the quarterback position. They are an outlier. But the other three teams, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions, have all struggled in very specific ways. We can start with the Vikings. The Vikings can't win the big one. And every 15 years or so, they come up with this incredible team and they get really close and they make a conference championship game. But they've had really bad luck in 50-50 games. They've had a lot of heartache. Right now, they have Kirk Cousins at quarterback. And well, he has some obvious limitations. His numbers this year are absolutely astounding. Kirk Cousins has 29 touchdowns and six interceptions this year. He's completing two thirds of his passes. 
he's a real stabilizing force and they have great skill position players around him. And it's not what cousins it's doing. It's what he's allowing other people to do at this case. Let me throw it out there. How many years until Justin Fields looks like this version of Kirk cousins food for thought. You might not like the answer. If you're a bears fan, you don't want to give credit to cousins again. I get it. I see the warts. But if Justin Fields had 29 touchdowns and six interceptions right now, where would the Bears be? And isn't that kind of the point of having a coach like Matt Nagy is to develop this unbelievable system, Sean McVay style, where he can put a quarterback like that in position to be effective? Meanwhile, you look at the Detroit Lions, who are woeful, terrible this year, 2-11-1, and and the best 2-11-1 team I've ever seen, I got to say. They just throttled the Arizona Cardinals, though the team's official Twitter account would have you believe that game is still going on, or maybe they're trying to Photoshop the bean that looks more like a dick into Detroit. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. But the Lions crushed the Cardinals, and they've played really well over the last six or seven weeks. They've looked like a real football team. Dan Campbell has got his players to buy in and play hard and compete. And I do think that there's a chance that the Lions surprise and flirt with 500 next year. Now, obviously, Jared Goff is a detriment. Obviously, a weak offense with Craig Reynolds. I, I think we can try to make the whole offense out of Craig Reynolds. I don't think it's it's going to work. You want to make a whole accounting department out of Craig Reynolds, I think, is the way that it usually goes. I don't know. Zip Recruiter, if you're looking to sponsor, it could be like a nice segue there. You don't have that with the Bears. There's this fatalism with the Bears, and there's this woe-is-me attitude. I think that the Lions have been at rock bottom for so long and that Campbell has brought in this new energy for people who want to start at rock bottom and build something. It's easier to fight back when you've been at the lowest of depths. It's really hard to keep the right attitude when you're in free fall, and that's where it feels like this Bears franchise is going. I think the other three teams in the division are trending in the right way and will be better next year if Rodgers stays in Green Bay than they were this year, whereas the Bears may potentially be worse. So what's the plan? It cannot be wishing it away and hoping that Nagy figures it out in his second, second chance. It stinks because all indications are is that he's a really good guy, that the players like playing for him that he knows what he's doing on the offensive chalkboard. It just has not manifested. And a lot of that has to do with fit. And a lot of it has to do with the ingredients he's trying to make his delicious stew with. But it's the NFL. You get judged on results, wins, losses. Just like we talked about at the top, Matt Nagy could say that he got a bad beat coaching this Bears franchise with the quarterback department, with the injuries, with what everybody else in the division is doing. Those excuses don't mean anything because at the end of the day, Bears fans are waking up and feeling like losers again for the 10th time this year and wondering how to fix it. The answer is simple. They got to move on from Nagy. It sucks, but that's the business. I think that everybody knows it. I think that all the fans have reached their breaking point. We're past the point of no return. The Nagy era never really got off the ground. And that's not to say he can't catch on elsewhere because 
I think a change of scenery could do him good. I think what was that Shania Twain? Look that up. We'll get IT on that. Um, awkward transition. Hey, well, I have you here. Let me tell you about something our friends over at the Players Tribune are doing. Knuckleheads, the award-winning podcast. Now, this is a show hosted by former NBA players, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. It's something that I've been listening to for a while because you get the player perspective. That is something that's long been devalued in sports media. Let's hear what the players have to say. You know what's a good spot for that? The Players' Tribune, Synergy, Inagortion, all that. Now, the Knuckleheads podcast brings on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. It's in its seventh season, so you know it has a track record. Maybe it's looking for that second contract Looking to get the max from Utah? I don't know. Maybe a blog post about it. Guests this season include Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan having a great year. I don't want to say it's because he was a guest on this podcast, but I'm not not saying it either. Quinn and Darius, they're lifelong friends and they're bonafide truth tellers. Listen as they invite special guests, high-profile athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to untold stories in this, the golden era of sports and pop culture. The show is named for the Encore celebration that they made wildly popular. It's an unfiltered, hilarious, and surprising podcast, and it's like playing NBA 2K with no fouls. That's Knuckleheads from the Players' Tribune. Okay, the other game last night was equally gross, and it saw the Las Vegas Raiders defeat the Cleveland Browns. Now, Cleveland was playing with the illustrious Nick Mullins under center. You got to throw out the records when Nick Mullins is under center. He threw 30 passes. They all totaled up to 147 yards. Nick Chubb? He was like a semi-chub out there. He got 91 yards in the touchdown. Cleveland had a depleted team. It's as simple as that. This game was postponed to give them a chance to get fully healthy. They didn't really get fully healthy. The Raiders looked bad all game. They get a late field goal to win. It's 16-14. to 14. The Browns' playoff chances take a serious hit, and the story of the year – the story of their year has been injuries starts and ends with Baker Mayfield. Once again, Mayfield could not play this time COVID related. They've had some bad luck. It hasn't gone well. We can start figuring out whether this is the shrinking of Mayfield's window, the shrinking of this team's Super Bowl window. If you think that they've assembled a group capable of advancing far. And we saw last season that they flirted with it. I don't know. I think this is one of those. You throw it all out considering all that went wrong with Mayfield. But aesthetically, this was just a terrible game. And there's no other way to say it. And it, and it got me thinking, and I hate to be the killjoy. You know that I am a college sports person, college basketball, college football. I prefer the college game over the NFL. So I don't want to get on here and say negative things about professional football because I understand it's not necessarily my number one favorite thing to begin with. They went to 17 games. And when you have COVID interruptions like this, the schedule changes like it did last year with the random Monday afternoon game. In a few hours, there's two Tuesday night games. So the point being, there's more standalone games. There's more opportunities to say, 
we're all collectively watching this one game. And let's see what the NFL has brought us. Far too often, it seems like it's bringing us 17 to 9 or 16 to 14 standalone games on Thursday night, the Thursday night special, the dreaded. You waited all week to watch some football, and by all week, I mean one or two days, depending if the Mac is playing, and then you just see some real slop. And usually, it's reflective of lackluster quarterback play and the defense shutting it all down. You'll get an occasional field goal. You'll get occasional two-yard touchdown run, but at the end of the day, you have 30 combined points. Maybe you get an exciting ending. Maybe the six minutes to close the game are always thrilling and make up for it, and I do understand that thought process because it's no different than NBA basketball or college basketball where you get to the under eight minute mark and okay, okay, well now it's winning time and here's where things get really good. But I do wonder if you have to wait two and a half hours or two hours and 45 minutes for things to get good. Is that a great viewing experience? And the big question I have, and I'm not going to solve solve this one for you. I I don't have the answer. I think it's just something for us to consider as we go about our days and do our last second Christmas shopping is, is the NFL by and large a good product? Last night, the games, both pretty bad. Coming off a weekend when, guess what? The games were pretty bad. Let's just look at that schedule real quick. And again, we, we had to have that extra 17th regular season game because we couldn't live without it. Chief Chargers, great on Thursday night. Patriots, Colts, pretty good on Saturday. Bills win by 17, boring. Lions win by 18, entertaining but lopsided. Dolphins, 31, Jets, 24. Now that's Dolphins, Jets. I don't know who's getting too excited about that. Cowboys roll by 16 over the Giants. Steelers, Titans, good game. There's one. I'll give credit where credit's due. Texans, Jaguars, gross. Bengals, Broncos, entertaining game, but again, 15 to 10, kind of a slugfest. 49ers blow out the Falcons, Packers, Ravens, the game of the weekend easily. Saints, Buccaneers, 9-0, a curio, kind of like something that kind of Roy would collect. Not necessarily a good game, an interesting game, obviously, especially given Tom Brady's blowups. And then the two I mentioned last night, Raiders, Browns, Vikings, Bears, tonight, You got Seahawks, Rams, that's a seven-point line. You got football team, Eagles, that's a a six-and-a-half-point line. Are these things delivering for you is the only thing that I'm going to ask. Do they – I know that the NFL is the most popular thing in the world, and nothing will ever stop that. But I really guess I'm – I guess I am just a bit curious, people who are going buck wild for this, because it seems that far too often these extra games we get, these standalone games, are reminders to me of how – flat and dead and vapid these games can feel uh, up until it's time to pick a winner. And again, those are my personal proclivities coming into play. I do enjoy the pageantry and atmosphere of college football far more. When you get to some of these bowls and the attendance is not what it is, there's no traditions, there's no home fields, you do see a smoothed out version. I would say you notice the seams a little bit more that when the trappings are gone in college football, it does seem to be a little bit helter-skelter. And you can see that in a way where you don't see it every single fall Saturday. Having said that, I'm still going to side with college football because more often than not, it does seem like When I watch an NFL game, I'm reminded of the chore it can be 
to watch NFL football. And maybe the red zone is partially responsible for that because we are so inundated and overloaded on Sundays that we're just, okay, well, one of these seven games is going to be good. Or even one game in the early window, one game in the late window, that's going to be enough for us. When we have these standalone Sunday night games, Monday night games, Tuesday afternoon games, Wednesday morning games, let's get totally weird with it. There's no place to hide. And you really got to keep your eyes trained on the action. And a lot of times it's not all that good. My theory is that everybody's just so hopelessly addicted. It goes back into the gambling. It goes back into the fantasy. I think that it is more interesting to pe- for people because they understand who's on these NFL teams in a way that they don't know the personnel from college teams because it's far harder to keep track. So there's some familiarity there. But I do think it's just learned behavior. And at a certain point, if people stopped and really considered the relative value entertainment-wise these games are giving, they would have a different relationship with NFL football than they have currently. Of course, that's scary. A lot of people don't want to do that. I know. Let people enjoy things. But food for thought, is the NFL delivering as often as it should and to validate itself as the king of all sports? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.